0: Hey guys, welcome to Designers Getting Coffee. I'm super excited about today's episode because it is a topic that uh, unfortunately I think we've all had to deal with. What to do when business is slow. And girl, I know that hurts. It sucks when you're giving it your all and things are just not coming together how you wanted. Your pipeline is looking a little sad and empty. But Kate and I are here this week with 10 things to do when business is slow. These are 10 actionable items that you can start working on as soon as this podcast is done. So let's get going, grab your coffee, get ready to take some notes, and keep on keeping on in your business. Here's what to do when business is slow. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. For the
1: last year, we've been chatting weekly to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our interior design businesses and decided to hit the record button. We're interior designers getting coffee
0: with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible.
1: Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart come join the conversation. This is episode five, 10 things to do when business is slow.
0: Hi. Hello, friend. How you doing this Friday?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so good. Um, I'm actually a little bit sore (laughs) because I I'm an idiot and signed up for a month-long boot camp. And today, this is the first week. Today was day three and I am dying. So I'm here and I'm recording, but I am pain in pain all over. You, this is not my jam. Like I am not a worker outer. I sometimes do yoga. I wrestle with my kids and get out of breath. And So anyway, all of that is to say, this is why I'm working out because I want to feel healthy and strong and get back into it. It's been really great. Yeah, I'm here and I'm glad to be here with you again, recording our podcast. And you're
0: showing up like a boss. I'm just um, walking a little funny. That's all. <laughs> well, I'm not walking at all. Yeah. I'm sitting because I did not do boot camp. I'm just trying to recover from a trip, Travel. an international trip with my kids. And that is in things. and of itself a workout. <laughs> it is more of an emotional endurance workout than a physical one. But mama's tired. Oh, so true. And jumping back into work this week was, uh, I was riding the struggle bus for a few uh-huh. days, but it's Friday. I'm super jacked to be back, and this is a really great actionable topic that I really hope we can help people with because um, I don't know about you, but there have definitely been times where my business has been slower than I would like. Yes. It is so easy to feel defeated, to get down, and to really just not know what what to take action on to improve things. So, uh, I don't love that we're coming at this from a place of real life experience, but we're coming at this from a place of real life experience.
1: Yeah, and I think this is also good um, advice for people who may be just starting out too. You know, so it can it can be for an experienced season designer, they're just going through some, some changes, uh, season, our work tends to have seasonality to it. Um, or if you're just getting started, I think this all applies. Or if you've done like either of us and moved across the freaking country and moved your business. <laughs> so there are a lot of, um, reasons why the topic of, um, how to market your business when, when you're, you've got some extra time on your hands. I mean, you should be doing these things anyway, but you're probably not doing all of them. Sometimes you just need some fresh ideas. So yeah, hope to outline that, um,
0: for you today. And And the tricky thing with these is I have found that it takes a long time from when you take the action to see the result when business is slow you might get lucky and get some quickie clients in the door, but most likely these actions you're going to take are going to start to pay off in yeah. a couple of weeks, a couple of months, even six months down the line. So, <laughs> i I've learned the hard way it is so important to continue these, to continue marketing strategically, even when you're busy. And, girl, it is so hard when you are up to your nose in client work and sourcing and proposals and invoicing. But these are things to do not only to kickstart things when your business is slow, but to help ensure that you don't hit the same kinds of slow periods you may have as a newer designer or when you've dropped the ball on marketing during your busy seasons.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're busy, if you just pick one of these and do it, I don't, if you haven't already listened to episode four, go back and listen to it. We briefly talked about my story when, I was basically courting several clients for weeks. It took weeks to get the conversation through to the point of them actually booking something. That, that was sort of unusual. That hasn't always been the case for me, but it was then. And then they all said, yeah, um, at the same time. <laughs> and so then I was, I went from being like super slow to like feeling crazy, like I didn't have enough for it, uh, enough time. So um, yeah, I guess that's a good
0: problem to have. But. When it rains, it pours. I find the same thing. Careful <laughs> what you and, ask for, I guess. Yeah. I tend to get so many clients starting at the same time and then a bunch of heel draggers and there is kind of a rhythm, but it's also unpredictable. Do you find that you have seasonality to your work? I do. I do, but I have found what I thought was kind of typical seasonality is different for other designers, even in this city. So Hmm. who knows? I tend to get a little slower. Um, By the time Thanksgiving comes through Christmas, January, not typically a busy season for me. I have found in the spring, right about now, I pick up because people have done their tax returns, they've gotten their refunds, they got dollars to spend on their kitchen remodels. And for me, I always anticipated summer being slow. And the last couple of years, I have been slammed in the summers. Oh, wow. That's good news because I've
1: historically, well... Yeah. I've had slow summers and I just attribute that to um, people like having to take off time with their kids because their kids are out of school and they just mm-hmm. don't have the time for it. But who knows? Anyway, so it's different for everybody. Well, let's dive in, shall we? Um, Absolutely. I think, I think I'm starting. So um, one of the simplest, fastest, and most fastest, fastest? <laughs> one of the quickest ways you can um, sort of Give this personal touch point um, to reach out for businesses, to send a personal note to um, perhaps a past client that just says, hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, I want to see how things are going for you. If you you know, ask them how, how things are working out for them, how they're enjoying their new space or their new home, um, and just you can ask them, too. Uh, Here's a few extra cards to keep with you if you ever run across somebody that you think might could use my services. I would you know, greatly appreciate you just sharing my name with them. Keep it simple and sweet and personal and authentic and you're you're good to go.
0: Yeah, there's so much value in that post-project follow-up, you know, six months, even a year later. I've had really good success with picking up the phone and doing it. And I don't say that lightly, like it's super easy. I get so nervous picking up the phone, <laughs> even calling people I know. I found having a script helps, but there's probably more value in reconnecting with past clients than you think. Mm -hmm. I had an experience last year where I called a past client out of the blue, doing exactly what you'd suggested. Hey, just wanted to follow up. I've been thinking about you. Hope everything was working out well. And she's like, actually the window treatments you did, which were the majority of the project and were quite an investment. This, you know, this one hem has come loose or there was something wrong or it was sagging. She wasn't going to call me to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. And she would have just been living with these expensive window treatments that were sort of 99% there. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I checked in and had the opportunity to say, Hey, let me take care of that. I got the window treatment people back. They fixed it all as well. So even though the project ended great, that one little experience, had I not checked in, might have kind of soured things for her in terms of referrals um you know mentioning me promoting me to her yeah. circle of influence and so there's tremendous value in sending sending little notes calling past clients and just genuinely expressing concern and interest for how they're doing and making sure that all is well yeah exactly i one more quick thought just to t- piggyback on that that i you and
1: i have definitely talked to people who are afraid that they're opening a can of worms if they call to check back in with a client and afraid that they're going to, you know, be unhappy with something or something didn't hold up like they expected and then they're responsible for taking care of it. And I would say the answer is, yeah, that is a risk that you take. Um, but like Leslie's story demonstrates, like, wouldn't you rather know and be able to help them take care of that than have them have a bitter taste about you in their mouth, even if it's something that wasn't your fault, you know, or something out of your control, um, at least being able to help them with that um, is
0: good. So yeah, send a note to your past client. Leslie, Well, what, what else? Number two, what I do in addition to the past clients is I go through my contact list you know, all of my trades, my vendors, and just send a quick email to reach out. Now I have this list digitally, but I am old school and I have a business card binder with all those like card pocket organizers. When I go to networking events, when I meet people, I keep people's cards. And it's just a great thing to do to have this list of potential connections, people that could either be a vendor that you hire, people that could refer you, people you could refer to. And I just send, you know, go through the binder alphabetically, send a quick email. I literally have a Gmail canned response, a template for this. And I do personalize it, but I have the bones constructed so that I'm not reinventing the wheel and taking too much time. But just sending a quick letter saying, hey, thinking about you, hope business is doing great. I'm looking to grow my business. If you know anyone that might be interested, I'd appreciate your referrals. Let me know if there's anything I can help you with. Boom. Short and sweet. I'd say most don't respond, but you never know what that little Mm -hmm. jogging of their memory is doing for Mm -hmm. when there is someone they can refer you to or there is a job that would be good for you they've known you as someone who has taken the time to connect with them and invest in them i love it and by the way can i hand you my big stack of
1: business cards and you just like handle that for me
0: and can i put them in a binder I can do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it.
0: So what's number three, number three. Um, I'm going to say
1: revise or create, if you haven't done one yet, your email funnel, this goes by, you guys might call it something different. Your newsletter series, your onboarding sort of message. Um, there are all sorts of, um, people out there who, Help you with this if you don't already have one, but it's that first couple of automated emails that go out to anyone that subscribes to your list. And um there's all sorts of ideas of how many emails should be in this funnel, you know, three to five to ten. Who knows? I think ten sounds a little bananas, but A lot of times that stuff can become outdated and it needs a refresh with some interesting new content. Maybe you've got some new projects that you could share in that series, some beautiful imagery. Um, Just go back and look and see what you've got there. If you don't already have some sort of an
0: email funnel or newsletter series, um, this is a great time to create one. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And Kate's absolutely right. If you don't have one, make one. And if it's been a while since you've looked at it, go check out that thing with fresh eyes because I let mine go stale a little while ago. And while it wasn't bad, it wasn't highlighting my best stuff, my newer projects, better blog content that I developed since doing the original series. So that is a great thing to do when things are slow, to tweak and really put your best foot forward when you get a new subscriber. I also, when it's slow, that's a great time to work on a new lead magnet or opt in that thing to get people on your email list. So we're so if, on number 4. We're on number 4. We've <laughs> jumped. I'm just like this all just piggybacks. It's awesome. <laughs> so after you have you have your welcome series, but you got to get people on your email list to get onto that welcome series. So if you don't have a new lead magnet Or some sort of opt-in where people are like, yeah, I want that thing she's offering. Here's my email address. This is the time to do it. So for the past couple of years, my opt-in has been a short ebook. It was about eight pages long. It was called Bring Personality to a Boring Space. It was really quick tips for people to bust out of boring. You know me and my alliterations. And, (laughs) um, you know, just have that quick, those quick fixes. Now, of course, the idea is not that it is enough information that people feel confident they could remodel their whole home on their own, but it's enough to get them motivated and started and enough content to realize, hey, I probably need a pro at this to really get me to the level I want. That ebook I made, gosh, like three or four years ago, and it's definitely run its course. It's not as intriguing anymore. I think there's better free content on that topic than my eight-page ebook, And so I just recently, I mean, last week launched a new quiz about what your true design style is. You know, if you don't feel like you fit in a box, you know, you're not just modern. You're not just traditional. I've developed a quiz. I think it's going to be really fun and really engaging for people to want to take to opt in. And of course, at the end of the quiz to get the results, I ask for a name and an email address. So that's That's awesome. And you guys, that clearly makes,
1: have you ever set to do your social media planning and you're like, what the do I write about this week? Or like, you're just sort of at a loss or you're over it. Like this gives you like dummy stuff to put in there. It's just so easy. Like you have something to share with
0: people in your social media after you do this. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but when I'm scrolling Pinterest and I'm like, Ooh, a style quiz, I want to take that quiz. So make sure that whatever your opt-in is that you're building is something you would want to you'd be willing to give up your email address for it to get? If you're curious to see it, it's on my website at slash quiz Check it out. Let me know what you think. So, Leslie, I, Leslie, I think there was a little bit of an internet glitch. Just then,
1: say that again because I don't know. If that came through just for me, or if it'll be on the recording, so show
0: your email, say your website again. <laughs> if you're curious to check out the quiz, it's on my website at slash quiz You can take that for free, and then consider building one of your own. There's great software and plugins you can do these things. I've seen great options. Series? Like, did you use a software to create a quiz? I did. It's called Try Interact. I believe it's TryInteract.com. We'll get the URL in the show notes. So it is a paid service. You can do it for free, but to get where I wanted to go with it, it is paid. And then all the emails that are collected through my quiz go onto my regular email list and I have them tagged as their quiz results, I got real technical with this so that I can market to each of those people individually. So if their result was, for example, boldly eclectic, which is one of the results on the quiz, I have their names tagged on my email list as getting that result. And I can send specific information to those people knowing what their style is and knowing what kind of things they're looking for. So my lead magnet has really developed from here's an APG book. I cracked off in PowerPoint to something that has more of a system behind it a whole marketing advantage to it quizzes are fun ebooks are great email challenge series are great there's so many awesome you know free downloads god i love a good checklist or printable freebie and i will <laughs> hand over my email preach. address preach cool. so yeah when things are slow that stuff that, i mean that stuff takes time to develop well Use your time well when you are slow to get a killer lead magnet in place. And it's going to be a slow rise to get it to be producing for you, but it's going to be worth putting in the effort and seeing it grow over time, seeing your list grow and being able to market directly to way more potential clients on your email list. Yeah,
1: that's great. Okay, so are we on number five? We're on number Um, five. So... This is a little bit different from number one where I said send a note to a past client, which really is more for checking in to see how they're doing. Um, number five is asking for referrals. And this could be um, asking friends, family members, past clients, vendors, your contractors, um, whoever, I mean, your real estate agent, like whoever straight up ask for a referral um, And there's a number of ways you can do this. Um, Email is one option. It's a more passive method of doing it, Um, but it does work because people, you know, can respond to it on their own time. Another way is for, um, which I actually think is a better way to do it, but it does take a little bit more some cojones (laughs) to pick up the phone and call somebody, just like Leslie says. And she said she had a script, which I think is so smart. It makes things. it makes it easier, but um, do a direct ask. Just say, "Can I? Can you give me the name of one person that you think might be interested in working with me? Just one." Um, and sort of put them in the hot seat and ask them for a name, somebody that you can reach out to, um, versus saying, "If you think of anybody, give them my name." <laughs> you're asking them for a name for somebody that you could directly reach out to. So, um, the other way you can do this, it would be, um, asking for, um, referrals, uh, sort of recommendations, online recommendations. So like, um, if you're on housed, you can ask them to do a house review. Um, Google reviews are great. Um, Facebook too. Facebook. Yeah. Facebook too. Um, so asking them to, give you a a good referral. There is something digitally that other people will see. Um, so a couple of ways that you can ask for referrals. Um, and I think all of them can benefit you. Yeah. And you can also take that, um, language that they use in the referral and use it on your website to sprinkle in your web copy throughout, throughout your website as well. So it serves
0: double duty. That's I would say a, a heavy hitter right there. Yeah. And those can also be pulled as testimonials. You can share pull quotes on social media, on your website. It's all that social clout that builds trust with your audience and is going to make new clients feel comfortable reaching out to you for the first time. I agree. And I would just add that I think
1: it's important to number one, make it super easy for them to do it. And I would pick one, I would, I would pick a primary one at least and say the one that would be the most helpful would be X. Um, I personally don't feel comfortable asking for them to re- rate and review me in multiple places. Um, I just say this would be the most important one to help me and my business. Um, if you're so inclined and you have the time or energy and want to do it, here are a f- few other places you could do it, but g- Google would be the best for me at this moment in time.
0: I was going to ask you that question, and I have to agree with Google simply because of the search engine optimization advantages to having high Google rankings. If you're rating high on Google, they're going to show you before other people. Yeah. Love it. I agree. All right. So, number six of our 10 things to do when business is slow is to attend an in person networking event. Get out of my office. What are you talking about? Get your butt out <laughs> of your chair, hit the pavement, bring your business cards. But more importantly, Leslie's the master at this. I want to hear everything you have to say about this. I am the master. Thank you. Because I have worked at it. I will say guys, this is not a default setting. I am uncomfortable. A F At this kind of stuff. I grew up, Kate, I don't even think I've told you this story. I grew up with terrible stage fright. I mean, like performing, being in front of people. This has been a lifetime of deliberately making myself uncomfortable to get over my fears of being seen, being in front of a crowd. And I, you know, I'm 35 now. It has taken that long for me to get to a point where i can stand up in front of a room and give a presentation and i'm no longer nervous i'm telling you 20 years ago i would have never thought i would have the courage to do that so this is not something that is a natural gift for everybody myself included so if it feels uncomfortable to you to go into an in-person networking in-person networking event, you are in good company. This is a skill just like learning SEO, learning marketing, learning QuickBooks. It is something that can be taught. And in our smallish town of Waco, Texas, relationship is king. This is not a city where people are as into online reviews or Google searching for interior designers, people here are gonna ask their friends. They're mm-hmm. going to ask their stylish dentist. I don't know. They're going <laughs> to ask people at church. In that sexy green. Oh yeah, sexy dentist. I don't know why. <laughs> Good Lord.
1: What, anyway. do you call, what do you call the things that doctors do? Yeah, the sexy scrubs. <laughs> stylish scrubs.
0: <laughs> and there is there's a lot that can be done in your office behind your computer but there is something to putting on your lipstick, grabbing a great pair of shoes, attending an event, a ribbon cutting for a new business, an event at the local chamber, a networking group. There's an awesome free organization called One Million Cups that's in a lot of cities, and it's weekly presentations from a local entrepreneur. And the people I've met there have been incredible. If you go to those with curiosity, with An interest, a genuine interest in getting to know other people and learning about what they do, the relationships that you can build from that to result in jobs, in clients is incredible. And the key is that authenticity and being interested, not interesting, showing up and trying to, you know... Strut your stuff to feel more confident. Nobody likes that person that walks into a room and is like, hi, I'm Bob designer. Look at the designs I design. I'm a great designer. Come look at my designs. You want to hire my designs? If you can engage with people authentically and directly, you're going to get clients. You're going to make great connections. And if you're feeling stuck behind the computer, it is definitely worth pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, getting out of the house, meeting people, and just genuinely connecting with your your peers, your colleagues, and potential clients. Um I would love to cover this in more depth at some point,
1: like the that talking about just getting out from behind your desk and in-person networking, I, it's one of those things that makes me kind of cringe. Um, Let's hit
0: that in a future episode for we, sure. We
1: certainly will. I will tell you, and I'm getting better at it. Um, I will put this in the show notes, but one book, like one of the things that I struggle with when I do these in-person events is I always tend to struggle with what to ask. Head on that a little bit, but there's a book called The Art of People by Dave Kirpin, K-R-P-N. And I love this book and it's, I, I remember reading it. And then I had a happy hour with a new colleague, friend, a uh, girl boss. I, I hate that word, but I just said it, whatever. Um, and at the end of our conversation, she was like, Kate, I, like, I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> like, I, like, We just had this amazing conversation and I was pulling out everything that I had really read in this book, which I I mean, I can talk. I, talking is not a problem for me, but this was a more in-depth conversation and and more substantial. And it it was memorable for her. And we've continued to be friends ever
0: since. It's a great book. I recommend it. Another one you might want to check out is a book called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. I just read that one. She got great tips on reading people. She literally talks about networking events and where to stand in the room, what kind of questions to ask. I mean, really tactical advice if that's an area you struggle with both those books are going to be great resources to help you kickstart and I would love to dive deeper Kate on a future episode because I think this is a real struggle for a lot of people to totally. get out and to meet to meet new people in person yeah so that was number six what's number seven number seven is a giveaway so if you have
1: um any sort of an audience on Instagram or whatever else is out there <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just partial to Instagram. Think of something that you can do um, that you can give away and host it, and create um, some buzz around it, and try to try to build that follower list um, of fans that you know are likely have potential to be a future client for you. So this could be. Um, I think there are two schools of thought on giving away your time, your service as an interior designer. Um, so I think you're either for it or against it. I um I tend to be against giving away your time as a service in a in a giveaway. Um only because I think it devalues your time as a professional and I think you want to maintain that like no you are a professional and you get paid money for the work that you do. Not everyone will agree with me on that, but that's where I stand there. So, some other ideas could be um it could be a bonus, so if if they – well, we'll hit on that a little bit later, but it, it could be a gift certificate. It could be an experience. It could be a gift basket from a combination of local shops that you really like, some of your favorite things, some of the things that you're currently obsessing over. Um, I mean, there was a moment there where, like, everybody that I talked to was hearing about Glossier. I wouldn't shut up about their lipstick. <laughs> And I seemed like an affiliate marketer for them. I wasn't. I just genuinely like their product. So um, be creative. And I think it's good if you can have it tied to the interior space. Um, but some way to, to host a giveaway. And there's all sorts of information out there on how to, how to do this. Because there, there's a number of methods to collecting that information. And, and so there's no right or wrong way to do it. But there are a couple of ways you can do it. I would just say
0: do a little research before you do that. I'm so fascinated about your thoughts on not giving away time because I feel the opposite. I did. I I am so shocked to hear this. So let me, let me explain. So I think it was November. I did a giveaway. So my sort of base level package I offer, it's what most people would just call an in-home consultation. I've called it a design jumpstart because it's a great name and people get really excited. So it's a 90 minute in-home design session so I gave away a design jumpstart for a winner and a friend. So to enter, they had to leave a comment and tag a friend. So it built my social media following. So they had to you know, like and follow if they wanted to enter and then tag a friend. So it grew my email list. It grew my Facebook and my Instagram following. And then not only do I get to meet the winner and give her awesome design advice with a nice price tag attached to it that she's getting as a gift, I get to do the same thing with her friend. And that's three hours of my time to build real relationships with people in my community who are excited about what I do, are going to be blown away by the amazingness of that 90 minutes. Yeah. and. I hope, will spread the love, tell their friends, all that good stuff. So I think yeah. time is fair to give away when it is clear what the dollar value is attached to it, meaning these people knew they were winning something valued at X. Right. It wasn't, I'm giving and you it, free advice. It was, you're winning a sweet gift certificate for my very sought after design jumpstart service and yeah. it gives that chance to build relationship. So in that case, I'd rather give away three hours sure. of my time than spend 500 bucks on a gift basket.
1: Oh yeah, agreed. I certainly wouldn't advise um, spending um, certainly that amount of money, and I think there are other ways you can get creative with um, donations. And um, it could be a, like a collaboration with some of these other businesses where you're tagging each other. Um, but you you really make a great point about um, you're you're directly marketing or. What's the word? Soliciting to people who would love to work with you versus they just want it because they want that lip gloss. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think a lot of how you do a giveaway is going to come down to your time. Now we're talking about things to do when business is slow. You probably don't want to do a giveaway for a time-based result when you are slammed. So yeah. that, that, that's an important factor too. You could in- modify it too. It just mm-hmm. have like a one hour or have. A one-hour virtual consultation instead of yeah. the full in-person in-home consultation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You do but what works for you. You'll, you'll Exactly. Yeah, cool. I love that. <sighs> so I'm in the same sort I'm of vein of that. So <laughs> number seven, host a giveaway. Number eight, you could also think about offering a VIP incentive to your audience. What is a VIP incentive, you might ask, but you didn't, but that's okay, but I'll ask it. So... I really strongly believe, and I think Kate does too, that offering a sale or discounting our value, discounting our services, completely undervalues our whole brand and our whole industry. Not to say a sale can't work for some types of designer or types of you know niches, but for me, I am not going to get the kind of clients I want to get if the first thing they're getting from me is a discount, quote unquote. On my services and so what I have done with some success is offered a vip incentive a Bonus if they book so for example, you know until The end of the month book a 90-minute design jumpstart session and get a bonus 30-minute follow-up session free of charge something like that. So you're giving value. You're not taking away from what you've already priced. I mean, it's kind of all the same in the end. You're giving something away for free, but it's all about how you position to get people excited to purchase from you and feel like they're getting a screaming deal. You could also consider including, you know, you sell X and it comes with access to Y and Z or a free download or some sort of value add to get people motivated to purchase sooner than they might have if there weren't something extra in it for them. Yeah. Have you ever tried Pro- something like that before,
1: products, Kate? Products go on sale, not people. <laughs> oh, that's so good.
0: Products go on sale, not people. Boom.
1: Um, an incentive, yeah, I I have. Um, I mean, I guess, no. <laughs> have I? I don't know. I feel like I have, but I can't in the moment think of, Um, what occasion I would have done sort of an add-on thing but I mean when I do my jump I I don't call them jump starts but um, my consultations they are 90 minutes they're an hour and a half but then I give them the option of an extra half hour together to structure a contract and a proposal if they'd like and that's about where it ends I like the idea I might have to think about that one
0: Yeah, and I'd love to hear from you guys if you've had any creative add-on ideas that have worked for you previously, whether in slow times or just general in marketing, because I feel like this is a tough one because people are a lot of people are very sale-minded. And I'd love to hear some creative ideas on how you've been able to do a value-added sale instead Mm -hmm. of just discounting your services. So we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, on Facebook leave a comment. I'm, I'd love to just sort of get this knowledge bank growing and, and see what people have done. That's been successful because this is one that I have not had massive success with success with. It is worth a try and success. You might, <laughs> success I'm not very successful with this or with speaking, <laughs> but I'm, I'd love to know if there are better ways to do it. Maybe it's just, maybe I missed the mark. I'm not perfect. It's a lot of this is trial and error. Oh, a hundred percent. So that was number eight, Kate. What is number nine of the ten things to do when business is slow? Number nine would be to sponsor host an event. So let's
1: talk about what that could look like. Um, I think if you can think about partnering or collaborating with somebody that has a similar, um, or I should say a a business that is similar in nature. So for example, there's, um this sweet little store here in town called gather and one of, I haven't actually reached out to them. And if you're listening, I'm, would love to reach out to you one of these days, but like they do. I, one of the things I love to do is entertaining. Um, I love hosting parties and events and making them really beautiful and gather um, has a focus on um, selling really beautiful homewares. And so I'm putting together a co-sponsored event with them, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, I'm actually going next month. I'm flying to Denver to do a workshop there at the Horseshoe market. I'm doing um, it's an interactive mood board um, experience where you can kind of put together your own mood board and um, based on your experience of your travels and what you like, and then how to include vintage items into your home. It's kind of a mixed topic based and also interactive event. And so that is one where I will plan to um, softly pitch my, um, e-design services, um, which I call Simply Design. Um, and so those are just some ways that you can collaborate with some other businesses. Um, you could also host your own event. And so this could be something that you put together and find a place to present it. And it could be any sort of knowledge-based sharing, information sharing, or something interactive. Um, but a place where you can gain community and get people to gather around and gives them a good memory. Um, Especially if they have something concrete that they can walk away with at the end of it all um, is a great way to um, build your, build your business.
0: Yeah. I love that idea. I think that it's a lot of work to get it off the ground, but again, if you're slow and you've got the time, it's such a good way to make personal connections with people to bring value. It could even be a, like you do your weekly, facebook live video so
1: that is hosting an event oh i host an event every week i had no idea you you're already doing it girlfriend but you guys like i said i don't know if that was this episode or last but like i'm convinced leslie has more hours in the day like that's just the way she thinks like she finds ways to do this that is efficient with her time because you're a mom you have two kids you make a commitment to pick your kids up every day at o'clock or whenever they get out of school. And I have mad high fives for you
0: <laughs> for doing that. I mean, I really love that. I live and die by my calendar. It does not happen by accident. I'm obsessed with Google Calendar. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about prioritizing too. I mean, that's a whole other topic I'd love to dive into one day is how we time manage, how, how you make it look like you have more hours in the day, even when you don't. Well, and I believe our
1: next episode is about um, running a business as a parent.
0: Being working mamas. (laughs) Working, working mamas or dads could be dads. Working, well, yeah, working parents. That's a great topic, but I don't want to get too sidetracked. Even though I'm super into that one, let's wrap um, this up. Number ten of the ten things to do when business is slow. I keep wanting to say ten things I hate about you every time I say ten things, and it's making me crazy. <laughs> Side note: That's one of my favorite movies, and I can quote it pretty much verbatim. And it came out wow. twenty years ago, which now makes me feel super old. Anyway, <laughs> regardless of my love for Heath Ledger and Julia styles number ten. Oh, that performance movie. on the. <sighs> (sighs) you know, it's so good. I might watch that tonight. Can we just make that a whole episode us watching 10 things I hate about you and talking about it? (laughs) Sure. I want you. I need you. Oh baby. Oh baby. Okay. We got to go. We got to go. Number (laughs) 10, 10 things to do in business is slow. The last one, and this is quick and dirty. You can spend five minutes a day on this. Engage on social media, and I don't mean scroll your feed while you're like watching the new special on Netflix. I know. What does that mean then? (laughs) It means bring value, be seen, comment, share, make yourself make yourself useful on social. You know, if someone has shared something, someone had a baby, share a congratulations. If someone is missing a pet. Share it on your page, help get the word out. And I really struggled with this at first because it kind of felt inauthentic to me because I'm like, I don't want to do that. I wouldn't do that normally if it weren't with the intention of trying to sort of market myself, but it's all about visibility. It's kind of the same thing as getting uncomfortable and going out to a networking event, being seen on Facebook, being part of conversations, leaving thoughtful, useful, helpful comments, I'm telling you the days where I actually get my stuff together and I spend 10 minutes the uh, 10 minutes on Facebook, 10 minutes on Instagram, 10 minutes on LinkedIn. I mean, I spend 30 minutes a day max on this and the engagement, the conversation, the awareness, it pays off a lot. The key is to keep it structured and strategic and not have it be a wandering scroll fest where an hour later you've eaten a bowl of ice cream and you're like what's happening with my life right now which is a very big danger of social media those
1: that is by the way a perfectly fine activity to do if it is
0: intentional (laughs) but it is not what's going to help grow your business when it's no
1: that is correct I, i think there's a theme here um, which is, you just said the word, it's really all about visibility. And if you think about it, like you're, if you are a business owner, you are never not marketing yourself. You are, if you are going to the grocery store, guess what? You're marketing yourself when you talk, like if you talk to someone or if you run I into can't somebody. can go
0: anywhere in this if town you, without if, running into somebody. And you're, you're always on. And not in a fake way, but you're absolutely right. You need to be prepared all the time to have those conversations, to be visible, to be not necessarily available, but you know, to feel comfortable chatting with someone who might ask you a question when you're out having coffee, you know, doing work in a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's
1: a good thing. Yeah. So um, Leslie has. Does I don't know if you do this intentionally, but like I think that you never leave your house without purposefully being put together. Like good shoes on, lipstick is done, just polished every time you leave your house. Don't get The same could not be
0: said for me today at lunch, but it was a cookie. There's there's a lot of weekends where there's no makeup and there's a slouchy toque, but. I never. I mean, slouchy toque, like a hat. Come on, I know. On my Canadian niche, just came out like a knitted, a knitted, like a winter hat. You, you know what a toque is. Come on, Benderwald. I don't Do you really. Okay. I've never well, heard that word. I'm Canadian, even though I live in the states, and a toque is like a knitted winter hat. And I'm so, sad you didn't know that word. And all my Canadian friends, please leave me some love on social media and make yeah. me feel bad about saying "toque" on a podcast. That's mostly primarily listened to in the States. I <laughs> don't know that it's anyway. Cute. I love it's, it. It's not my, like my done out bun. It's not a full face yeah. of makeup. It's just looking like I didn't wear my pajamas and Uggs at which I don't have Uggs by the way. Good Lord. But you know. But it's okay if you do. If you do, we we love you. Is it though is I'm just kidding. You 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 do you. That's the theme here. I just don't, <laughs> don't like us.
1: I actually anyway. see they're making like all different kinds of shoes now. They're not just like the same. It's like crocs, you know, like they shouldn't be. We're, anyway, crocs, like, crocs are anyway. Crocs are making a new style of shoe and maybe maybe they'll be maybe, different. I don't maybe know. Maybe not. Go get, get your crocs No, do not wear your effing crocs out of the house, girl. No. <laughs> I'm just going to anyway. say, I don't care
0: if I offend you too bad. Let's full, let's bring this sucker okay. back. Bring it for, let's rapid fire, go through it. The big thing is visibility. It's getting yourself in front of people who you can help and serve when times are slow. So let's rapid fire, go back over the list. KB, kick us off with number one. Number one, send a note to a past client. Number Leslie. two, review your list of contacts and vendors and reach out to them. Number three, revise or create your email funnel or welcome series. Number four is to create a new lead magnet or opt-in. Magnet. That's the words that you say that sounds so Canadian. Magnet? Magnet. Is it, is it, is it all about magnets that I'm saying to <laughs> hey. Uh, ask for
1: referrals. Um, you can do that um, on Google, um, Facebook,
0: um, or an email. Number six, attend an in-person networking event. Get your Uggs on, then take them off and put on real shoes and go to a networking (laughs) event.
1: Yes, girl.
0: Host a giveaway. Number seven, host a giveaway. Number eight, offer a VIP incentive. This is a value add to one of your services. This is not a discount or sale. Perfect. Number nine, sponsor or host an event. And finally, number 10, engage on social media by bringing value. Perfect. Can I just make one
1: final ditch out of here for the weekend? So this is the first time Leslie and I have recorded in the same house she's in my office and i'm inside my house which is a separate building and we're on the same internet and i believe that that may be causing some audio issues on this one recording um it's never happened before and so stick around stick with us um audio quality is important to us and so we're gonna um, try to get that fixed i'm not sure if it'll come through on your end or not but um, usually we're in separate homes and recording Uh, on internet and i'm pretty sure my husband is downstairs streaming a webinar for work (laughs) so there's all sorts of internet activity going on here and so i apologize if that's uh, affecting the audio
0: today this is the reality of being a lady boss in 2019 is working at home working around other people but it's awesome and it's worth it and we're so glad you're here even if we get a little fuzzy with the sound sometimes yes perfect all right y'all have a good weekend you too friend i will see you here next friday all right bye hey designer thanks for sharing part of your day with us if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe and leave a review on itunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, follow us on Instagram
1: and Facebook at Designers Getting Coffee.